The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club, a very special edition, because I get to brag a little. Um, with me this week, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And for the first time on Movie Club, uh, Michael Sanchez. Hello. Oh no. <laughs> and this is the, uh, the episode that is about me winning the summer movie draft that we did on Top 5 Movies. Um, this, if you didn't that, listen, that's why you, that's why you got my hello. Yes. I was going to say where John proves once and for all, he hates us. No, I'm kidding. I, I had to watch the same movie and, um, you know, we'll, we're going to get into our review of Hudson Hawk later on the episode. Cause that's the movie I picked for them to watch. Um, to my knowledge, neither had seen it before. Is that still? No. So, Cor- Correct. Um, and it's a movie that, even though it has a 17 on Metacritic, I have very <laughs> fond memories of. And so I thought, hey, if I'm going to pick a movie for them to watch, why not be one that I like, even if everyone else seems to hate? So um, that's what this episode will be. But as we normally do, we'll, we'll talk about things we've watched, what's coming out on home video this coming Tuesday, and what is actually coming out in theaters on Wednesday instead of Friday this week. Uh, there's really Wednesday. nothing coming out on Friday. But Thanksgiving, notorious that you'll get Wednesday releases um, because people like to go Padding to movies on Thanksgiving. Padding the box office. Um, have you guys watched anything interesting recently? <laughs> it's funny. That's a loaded question considering the assigned, <laughs> the assigned watching uh, and reading that we had to do. I watched uh, – do you all know who Tiffany Shepis is? No. No. Okay, she's kind of a scream queen. She was mm. in, I think, uh, I want to say Night of the Demons. She's been in a bunch of different cheapy horror. horror. Got it. And there was one of the Amazon Prime, I think it was Frankenstein Syndrome. I didn't get all the way through, but I, I wanted to, um, you know, because Frankenstein property has been around so much. And surely it had to, it, it, it actually was somewhat better than I, Frankenstein which I did catch the tail end of. And, and that was more than enough than I needed to watch. But that that was something that picked up. What did I... Um, We just talked just this afternoon, and I'm, I'm barely into Baby Driver. Not because I don't want to be. It's because I haven't had a chance. Yeah. I, this, this assigned viewing, we'll, we'll talk about that um, <laughs> uh, later. Um, watch Goodfellas again. Oh, I saw that you you posted a picture on Instagram of uh, yep. a clip from that. Um, I got to go see uh, Lady Bird this week um, for a, a A24 screening, and I absolutely loved it. Um, we will be doing, uh, early in January 2018, we'll be doing our top five movies from 2017. Um, and just a little possible preview, that movie's in contention. Nothing's final yet, but... Um, I've been keeping very tight track on my favorite movies from 2017, and it's up there. Um, it, it is fantastic. It is definitely one. If it comes near you, you should definitely check it out. Um, then I also saw Justice League 
last night. Um, that one is in a theater near you, and it's fine. Uh, you don't have to check it out. Um, if you really like the DC Universe, I will say the characters, as far as the heroes go, are much better and much closer to, to at least some version of the characters you've seen in the comics. Um, the villain's lame, and the movie's kind of... Um, the plot is bad. Yet, I still had fun, and I smiled when I walked out, unlike Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad. So, there is that going for it. it. Is it true that Zack Snyder is done, though, with working on the DCEU? I have not heard any confirmations so far, but... Um, maybe that maybe that was someone's wishful thinking that they were done. It could be, or and I, I may just not have heard it. I, I've had a fairly, uh, not even necessarily busy day today. It was the last day before break, um, which is always a little hectic, but I also, I've been uh, just within the last two hours finally uh, knocked a migraine out that I've been fighting all day, so... Um, I've been kind of like distracted by everything else. Um, but, uh, those, that's mainly what I've watched. I didn't, I didn't really get to watch anything other than Hudson Hawk and those two films this week. It was a, it was a long week at, um, at work as well. But Corey, have you seen anything new? (laughs) No. Nope. You are lame. But on- Sorry! uh, I did something else though. Oh, would you- for the website, I wrote oh, that's a right. review. Oh, I need to get that posted for tomorrow. But um, I uh, am Mike and I are both getting to go see the Disaster Artist on Monday for a twenty-four. Um, Jelly, we're very excited about that. And then um, I'm hoping to watch the new Netflix series, The Punisher, that came out today, uh, this week, since I'm on vacation and whatnot from work. Um, so those are that's kind of my my current watching plans. I am going to try to see Wonder which came out in theaters this weekend. And I will be seeing the movie we're going to get to momentarily um, for the theatrical release for next week. But first, let's talk about home video releases for uh, 1121. So this is what's going to be coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or VOD, um, usually all three. Uh, Some circumstances they don't release on Blu-ray for whatever reason. Um, But let's start with a movie that I know very little about but has... Um, a fairly positive uh, Metacritic score at a 78. It's a movie called Beach Rats. Um, the premise, according to IMDb, is a Brooklyn teenager spends his days experimenting with drugs and looking online for older men to meet with. I did hear about this movie. Um, I think it premiered at Sundance or something this year. Uh, stars Harris Dickinson, Madeline Weinstein. That's interesting. Um, Kate Hodge, Neil Huff. I don't know any of these other actors. I don't know any of those actors either, but... Uh, 78 on Metacritic, and I I heard it was a pretty pretty solid movie. Um, I think Battleship Pretension reviewed it, uh, and I found that compelling. Um, oh, let's. There I am. There you. Hey, Mike, you came back. I was about to take a little pause there, a little behind the scenes for the listener. But Beach Rats um, is coming out on Tuesday from Home Video, or on Home Video. Um, the next film, though, well, I don't know it much about Beach Rats. I, I didn't hear it. It didn't get a theatrical release anywhere near me. Um, this one I did get to go to a screener for, and it is Good Time, uh, which has an 80 on Metacritic. And the premise on IMDb, after a heist goes awry, a bank robber spends the night trying to free his mentally ill brother from being sent to Rikers Island Prison. Uh, stars Robert Pattinson, Benny Safdie, Jennifer Jason Leigh, um, Talia Webster, uh Barkhad Abdi, who you might know from Captain Phillips, um, and is directed by the Safdie brothers, including uh, Benny, I just said, is in the movie, but his brother Josh Safdie 
is the other co-director and um written by Ronald Bronstein and Josh Safdie. I really enjoyed this movie. Um it's it's Robert Pattinson's amazing in it. Uh Jennifer Jason Lee has a very small part but she's great when she's on screen. Um it's definitely one I would recommend. Um Corey, you sounded excited. I really wanted to see this in theaters but it played for like 2 seconds. Yeah, it did not get a great theatrical run. However, it is um, a movie that's definitely worth picking up on home video. Mike, have you heard much about Good Time? I haven't heard about it at all. Is he sparkly in it? No, no, he is not. In fact, I would say he's almost non-sparkly. He is kind of a con artist, um, super charming, and yet pretty despicable throughout the film. Um, It's it's pretty... it's pretty great. Uh really well shot. A lot of tight close-ups um for the most part of the film, but it's it's pretty pretty interesting. Um next up though, I know both of you I think Corey you might have saw this. Uh, I don't remember for sure. I'm pretty sure you did. Mike, I know you wanted to but didn't make it. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets comes out on <laughs> oh, Tuesday. Oh, everyone save your money. Everyone save it. <laughs> want, want, wanted to but then lost interest all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it has a 51 on Metacritic. Um, the premise. How did that happen? It's yeah. worse than Hudson Hawk. Because it's visually still stunning. Oh. Um, and wow. <sighs> um, and I don't like that you just implied you didn't like Hudson Hawk. But, I'm sorry. Uh, a dark force threatens Alpha, a vast metropolis and home to species of a thousand planets. And I'm not going to keep reading because anytime that you need more than a sentence to summarize your plot, there's probably something wrong. Uh, directed by Luke Besson, stars Dane DeHaan, Cara Delevingne, Clive Owen, Rihanna, kind of, I guess she's in it. Um, Ethan Hawke, Herbie Hancock, and again, he's barely in it too. Um, yeah, it's not good. Uh, it's really miscast for Dane DeHaan. John Hancock, Herbie Hancock. <laughs> Correct. I'm sorry. I always screw that up. Um, and the last movie coming out on home video this Tuesday is a film called Lemon, um, which has a 59 on Metacritic. Uh, stars Inger Tudor. Um, Brett Gilman, who I am, I generally find funny. Uh, he was on Stranger Things season two. Um, he's the conspiracy theorist. Um, oh, uh, Judy Greer. Oh, Michael Sarah is in this movie. I like her. Uh, Gillian Jacobs, Jeff Garland. This is a cast that I am very uh, fond mm-hmm. of. Um, directed by Janzica Bravo. It might I might be saying Janzica Janiksa. It might be Janiksa. That's probably closer. Good. You done messed up, Aaron. Oh, dude, that's my thing on this show. Um, I butcher names left and right. Um, <laughs> I just tell him to own it. Don't even like yeah. say anything about it. Just keep rolling. Yep, I just embrace it. Um, is there a Jay Quell in here? The <laughs> lemon uh, lemon summary is: a man watches his life unravel after he is left by his girlfriend of ten years. Um, I'm gonna add that to my watch list. I'm I like the cast, so I'm I'm intrigued. Um, Fifty nine is not a bad score. Oh, Megan Mullally Mal- is oh. it? Um, yeah, from um, from Will and Grace. Yes, correct. Oh, it, Rhea Perlman! Okay. Holy cow! I Whoa, didn't know she, she was still been acting in, something in a yeah. long time. Fred Fred uh, Melamed, who's a <laughs> got a good voice actor. Um, she was sorry. She, in my mind, she was tired of hanging out with Danny DeVito. She's like, I gotta do something. I'm I'm done. Um, but that is <laughs> our home video releases. Um, I recommend if you haven't seen Good Time that you you rent that over the other uh, three. Um, for me, I'm most interested in Lemon because I like the cast, uh, but I've heard a lot of great things about Beach Rats, so I'll probably go that direction when I get the opportunity. Um, Corey, what are you picking out of that? 
good time. See, and she says it like that. And now I want to. I'm going back to my 1970s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. black <laughs> black exploitation TV series what? with Jim, Jimmy Dynamite. Oh man, yeah. you went that route. That's yeah, good. that's what I thought I too. Even know what you're... <laughs> I actually thought the same thing. So. <laughs> I have so, I am whatever guys. But uh, Mike Clearly we are more seventies cultured Miss Steelbook. <laughs> Probably Dude, you missed that on the tough. Wait, no, Corey, you missed that. We burned you really bad about Steelbook Snow Angels on the um the episode of Top Five that you weren't on last week. But <laughs> She felt it. She felt it. She twitched probably a few times. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> Um, yeah, just just know that's out there. Guy, I want all the listeners to just take note. Maybe you should like start tallying how much I get harassed on this show. <laughs> Don't do that. We'll <laughs> we'll get fined. Um, Mike, uh, do you have a any interest in any of the, the movies that I just well, talked about? I'll probably a twenty four usually equals Insta Watch. Got it. Even if I don't always get to the screenings, so anything associated with them, I'll probably dig up, try go. to search, seek out. Um, the uh, Beach Rats, see for a, a little bit there until I read the description because I kind of dropped out there, sounded almost like a war film, but that's not obviously what it I, is. No, I don't think that's the case, but I don't know for a fact because I haven't seen it. But um, Well, it seems like a, a disaffected youth hanging around beaches, I guess, or something. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of kind of quickly glanced, but I'd probably dig it up too. Yeah, it's got a positive Metacritic, so I, I usually like to, if it's got that kind of a score and I've not heard of it, I want to give it a, a shot because odds are it's it's just one of those indie gems that didn't get the theatrical run it probably deserves. Um, all right, so we only have one oh. theatrical release next week, and it's uh well, that is crazy. Yeah, well, there's a few it's like been... limited releases, but considering three movies came out this. Uh, to the day we're recording this, you have Justice League out, um, The Star, which is a like a Christian Christmas animated film, and then Wonder. Plus, you still have Thor circulating and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I am a little surprised there's nothing competing, but partly because the movie that is coming out on November 22nd is um, a family-friendly film, and it's one that I think most people are going to want to go see because it is a Pixar film, and that is Coco. Uh, <gasps> aspiring musicians Miguel uh, confronted with his family's ancestral ban on music enters the land of the dead to work out the mystery um, and you have uh, one I really like seeing that this cast isn't whitewashed that we actually have Latino actors playing Latino characters and that's really good job Pixar um, but we have Anthony Gonzalez Gail Garcia Bernal uh, Benjamin Bratt Alana Ubach Renee Victor um, I'm assuming Jaime Camille, but I could be wrong. Um, Alfonso Aru, Herbert uh, Seguenza, Gabriel Iglesias shows up, um, Lombardo Boyar, and I don't know all of these actors. Oh, Edward James Olmos is in this. That's kind of cool. So say we all. Oh, Cheech Marin shows up. All right. Jeez. And as Pixar has to do, John Ratzenberger is in this as well. Um, cause I... That's a Pixar tradition. So. Uh... I can be a Hispanic actor too. Sure, I mean, you, mm. you could be an actor, and you can also be a Hispanic. So you could be a Hispanic actor. Wait a minute. What do you mean could be? I am. Well, I'm just saying. You know. <laughs> like, oh. Um. What Gail Garcia looks really familiar. What is he in? Was it? Um. 
Motorcycle Diaries? Yeah, I think that's the one I know him from. Y tu mama también. I have not seen that, but I am familiar with that movie. But Oh, it looks like he's got an upcoming Zorro project coming out. Um, Weird. But I am very excited about Coco. I am a Pixar fan, and I'm a music fan. So I like, uh, generally, I tend to like movies that are about music. Not necessarily musicals, but musicians. Um, and so I'm very excited to see what they've got for this. Uh, what about you guys? You know who is probably really excited for this? Who uh, do you think is really excited for this? Uh, Corey? Any guesses? I was I was guessing Corey, but I don't I don't know. Uh, no. Oh. Ice T. Oh. What? Why? Ice oh yeah, because <laughs> Coco. Oh god. Oh. She's busy making lingerie or something right now, guys. Uh, I bet she's really excited, and when he gets in there, he'll be disappointed. Oh. <laughs> Possibly. Well, <laughs> I'm super excited about this movie. I feel like it's been. I haven't gone to the movies in a while. But um, I feel like we. We've had trailers for a long time. I haven't seen yeah. a single trailer. Oh, really? Um, well, nope. You also haven't made it to the movies very often, but I make it to the movies a lot, and I've been watching trailers for a while. Um, but I, I positively watching trailers. Um, they have been doing the more of like a vignette in front of the trailers for like the last couple of weeks at the Regal Cinemas, but it wasn't. It never came across as begging to come see it like some of those other ones, like when Blake Lively was really begging us to come watch uh, the shark movie. Hi, I'm Blake Lively, and this is my new movie. Yeah, and then the same thing with Skarsgård doing Tarzan last year. Um, yeah. And there was uh, Tom Cruise was American Made, I think, this year. Uh, no, it was Tom Cruise and the Mummy was the one they were really pushing <laughs> that way. Um, and it doesn't feel that way with Coco. It just feels like they're doing like a little behind the scenes of the voice actors and... Um, a little talking about the culture of the movie, and I, I, I'm excited about it. I have the only Pixar film I think I've still not seen is The Good Dinosaur. Um, You're not missing much. That's okay. You're yeah, all right. And that's what it's, I've heard. It's it's the fair dinosaur, really. Yeah. Well, I, um, I, I'm excited about it, I, and it's one my daughter is also looking forward to see, so it's a guarantee. We'll probably be going Wednesday night um, or Thursday uh, after my wife's having to work early on Thursday. Our mall is opening at 3 p.m. Oh, so on Thanksgiving. Why? There is no reason. Because no reason. There are seven stores. Because we're making America great again. So, yeah, most likely my daughter and I will go see it. If we don't see it Wednesday night as a whole family, she and I might go see it uh, since we're going to be alone for most of Thanksgiving. Um, mm. So, uh, after, you know, my wife goes to work early on a, on a Thanksgiving afternoon. But, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to Coco, and uh, hopefully, maybe Mike, your, the whole Sanchez uh, family can join us if we all arrange it as such. But who knows? You know, we don't have to make plans on the, on the podcast. I don't remember if we do. I know they used to try to do the Christmas films, but I don't remember. I think we're going to end up going to a Friday show of Star Wars. Ah, that's not. Thinking they'll take me on on Christmas. Do what? And making Bill take me on Christmas because our family is leaving on Christmas. You wait a minute. You're gonna wait two weeks to see Star Wars. Yeah. Well, that's that's madness. Oh, now <laughs> now we have something else. To, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, switch targeting lasers too. Yeah, I will be at <laughs> Star Wars uh, with my daughter on the 14th at seven o'clock. So, 
we already have our tickets. I'm I'm super excited. Can't wait. Um, that said, that's all that's coming out next week. So if you're going to the theater, um, I would say maybe you'll be lucky and the Florida Project's playing near you, and that's the number one thing you should watch. If Lady Bird is playing near you, that's the next thing you should go watch. Then see Coco, then Thor. And if you really like the Justice League characters, check it out. But that's what I recommend. Um, And if it's still playing and you haven't seen that, you should check that out too. So let's get into the movie of the week. Why we're here. I was a young <laughs> lad, age 9, maybe 10, when I saw Hudson Hawk for the first time. And um, the plot <laughs> summary on IMDb says, a cat burglar is forced to steal Da Vinci works of art for a world domination plot. Um, stars Bruce Willis, Danny Aiello, Andy McDowell, James Corburn, Richard E. Oh, man, the name's cut off. Richard E. Grant, uh, Sandra Bernhard, who you, man, she is something. Um, a, a very young David Caruso before he donned the glasses for CSI. Um, and... That's kind of the gist. I don't think. Oh, we got to mention Frank Stallone, but um, it has a seventeen on Metacritic, and it's um, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was a film I rewatched many, many times when I was young, so I still have fond memories of it, and I'm I'm very much aware that it's a campy, silly movie, but I um, just Mike, you've not been on the show, so what we usually do is we do a quick like what we thought without spoilers or anything. And then we'll get into spoilers where we talk about anything we want about the movie. So I'll go first since I picked this movie. I haven't seen it and I would say probably 10 years minimum, if not more. And I still had fun watching it. I, I think it's a bad movie, but I had a good time watching it. Um, I think the characters are super big and they're big in the funniest ways imaginable. Uh, I love Bruce Willis in this movie, and it, to me, seems like he's having a good time, which is not something you can say about most modern Bruce Willis movies, right? So, I I still enjoy it. I still see why people don't, but I still have a good time watching this movie. Um, who wants to go first? Corey or Mike? Uh, um, I, I'd be glad to jump in. <laughs> and she's already said part of what I'm going to say, because I have... Many questions to start off with. I'll start with a couple. <laughs> the first one was, how much do you dislike us? Because uh, <laughs> bear in mind, I watched this twice. Twice. Because I, I, I left uh, having our conversation this morning, not morning, afternoon. I left my index card of notes at my work desk. Now, keep in mind, I was watching during my work lunches, which I have a good enough block and the volume was somewhat down, but it was enough that I could catch different bits and pieces, okay? That's my wonder. My first wonder is how much you really didn't like us. I, I love and, you, you know, I, I And was this a regular punishment room selection? <laughs> and you do know, I mean, you do know that sharing is not always caring, right? <laughs> oh, no. I, I don't know if that last one's true. Um, I still find that there is joy in this. <laughs> I love Henry, so much that you're holding your ground. Uh, uh, love it. Henry, Henry Rollins has once said, and I'm going to completely destroy the line, and he says it so much better. 
sometimes you can have too much of a good thing or diabolically way much of a crappy thing. And you know how Henry Wallen speaks. He doesn't say that, you know, and something along that. <sighs> uh, uh, all right, let's do it this way. I am positive to, uh, to follow up with my questions. I'm positive I have picks from my youth. Uh, and you said that's when you said you're nine or ten, age nine oh ten. Oh Sorry, oh. The, the, okay? the cat. Ramona's okay. Yeah, she's she's trying. She's biting on our cables, and uh, she just pulled my computer. <laughs> oh, that's, that's no good. So I'm like, it probably knows that we're talking about Hudson. Hawk. She's trying she's to trying stop to the podcast. Know. Stop that's it, cat. What Skype did. Skype did it knew it preemptively dropped me because it knew where we were going with this conversation. Oh gosh! So um, uh, I, again, I'll probably admit there are there are some picks from my youth that may not hold up. But uh, part of me wants to say the Dark Crystal, but I still enjoy it. I, I love think the I would, Dark Crystal. And, okay, so yeah, I think it still holds up and it should never be touched or re- redone. I don't cut people feel that this. I, 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 you must have really been seeking out something. I don't know what. There's something I'm not catching with Hudson Hawk that must have spoken to you. And again, still kind of does. Um, and we'll get into that with spoilers of the scenes that I really love. And again, I, I totally understand why people don't like this. Cause I, but I feel like the movie doesn't take itself seriously at all. And... I think that's it. It, it, it can't. Well, okay, and it? and it shouldn't, right? So it's it it works. Um, so let's, uh, Corey. You obviously don't like this either. What are your initial thoughts before we jump into spoilers, where we can <laughs> just rip this to whatever pieces you want? Oh no, I'll just remember about Dracula and not even feel bad about this. But no, I'm kidding. To be um, fair, it though. wasn't as bad as I was. Yes. Dracula is beloved by way more than just you. Um, I don't know for sure. I, I would Talk watch. about Bram Stokers. Oh, yeah, I, I know. I would watch Inferno again, even with the Keanu Reeves deal. I would watch it again. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting, actually. I don't think it's the best movie ever made by a long shot, but I can totally see why kids, or maybe just one kid, John, would like it. <laughs> I loved Mannequin for crying out loud. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but even if it's one of the worst movies ever made, it still would hold a special place in my heart. So I can totally, I see why this would appeal to kids. It definitely doesn't take itself seriously. It's very cartoony. Yes. So. I, I, but I think, but I think you go into it into Mannequin, knowing that. I mean, just the premise itself. And that might be the contradiction is this movie is um hold on I think it is rated R um and if it's yeah, not I, yeah I, it's I rated R it, um so, so so the cartoony elements don't really make sense I guess in that way where like if you're trying to appeal to kids why are you making it R um and if you're not trying to appeal to kids why is it so cartoony like it is a weird contradiction and it just so happened to fall into my uh, lap, I think fairly literally, as it was a VHS that I owned. Um, and I think it just found me at the right time, you know, where um, I was watching our movies when I shouldn't have been. And this movie was an R movie kind of geared towards a younger audience. Because, again, there are, there's literally the part where he goes like the Chester Cheetah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, it's it has 
so much camp and I, I don't know. I still don't hate it. Like, again, I am not arguing this is the best movie ever, nor am I arguing that um, this is even a good movie. I'm finding joy in it, kind of knowing that it's not trying to be a good movie. Like, I don't feel like anyone set out with this script thinking this is going to be an Oscar winner. Like, I think it is exactly what it was trying to be. And it and they're all just having a good time with it because that's the thing. I feel like everyone in this movie looks like they're having a good time, except maybe James Corburn. Like he might have been like, "What have, what has happened to my career?" But um, everyone else feels like they're having a pretty good time. And I'm sorry, but uh, Richard E. Grant, I can't think of a better perf- like I can't think of him in a better movie. Like he might be in a better movie, and I just haven't seen it. But he's super big in this and just having a ball at least on screen i don't know how you might have hated every second of it but on screen it looks like he's having a good time to me i don't i didn't feel that oh well it felt i the only person uh, i think of all of them i probably really liked sandra bernard ah <laughs> Well, she's just uh, being she her seemed, too, right? Like she's not. Yeah, well, that's sort of the, yeah. It seemed very like it was that was her, and I felt she should still be getting more work. Although one of the things I didn't get with her, just in going as far as the details, she went that, and again, this is where t- Goodfellas comes into play. I felt she was doing the Tommy two times bit with the get the papers, get the papers. She kept repeating that whole not the whole film, but then even Bruce Willis. Uh, uh, sorry the hawk starts doing that and repeating uh, like she does. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, to me, it was, Bruce Willis seems like he was reverting back to his mid eighties moonlighting character, the yeah. David Addison jr. Persona. And I don't misunderstand. I loved moonlighting and it's run. Uh, to be honest, civil shepherd was the draw for me. And that was way before I knew about, the last picture show, the taxi driver, uh, Alice, 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 Alice Beasley. Also, she was the kind of the goofy secretary, and then the comedy and the Bruce Willis kind of character kind of drew me in. And it it was uneven in, in, in spots, but when it was on, it was really on. Uh, probably the most classic episode is the um, their take on the Taming of the Shrew. I don't. I I watched Moonlighting, but I was super young. You know, I was probably like five. Um, because my mom, my mom would have it on, and I, I, that's my earliest memories of Bruce Willis, and I've been a Bruce Willis fan since I was a little kid. Like even I don't know why I was laughing, mind you. I probably didn't get any of the jokes, but I do remember enjoying track. it. Yeah, it might have been the laugh track. It might have been mm-hmm. Bruce Willis being Bruce Willis because he does do campy. I feel fairly well, but I think we should just mm-hmm. go ahead and head in the spoilers. So Corey, dun dun dun. We're going to talk about this movie in great detail we'll probably spoil some of it for you if you <laughs> want to take your chances and go watch hudson hawk first you can <laughs> otherwise full steam ahead and it should be it, noted i it, did it. buy the movie so that they and can yes. like yes. no not one else had to thank pay you for, for it. that so thank um, you. Thank I, I did it i did it right um if you're gonna make yes. somebody watch a movie that they're probably not gonna like you should pay for it um and so at least they don't have to like refund or anything, and I'm still content with owning it because I do like it. Um, even again, though, you know, it's I, I willingly admit it is super cheesy and campy. Um, so 
let's my favorite scene. I think the scene that won me over all those years ago is the first heist. I love the singing on a star heist. I think it's fun. Um, I like the singing. It is absolutely pointless and ridiculous because there's no way you could rob any type of place and sing a song as your timer. Um, it doesn't make sense, and they even the movie even makes fun of that. Danny Aiello goes, you know, they invented a thing while you were in prison called a watch, um, and he just shrugs it off. You know, there's little jokes about Nintendo um, and the ongoing bit to get a cappuccino that he just can't catch a break with his Italian coffee. And, um, yeah, even, uh, I think I've, for a long time, I've said I want to travel to Rome and I'm pretty sure it's because of this movie. I think this was my first encounter with, um, the city of, uh, well, the Vatican city and then Rome, um, which they, Hudson Hawk ends up in, which is ridiculous as well. Um, and I think that ever since this movie, I've wanted, I always wanted cappuccinos, which is still my favorite, like coffee beverage, real cappuccino, not like the stuff you go to the gas station and it says cappuccino. I mean like real go to Starbucks or go to another barista and get a cappuccino. And that's from this movie without question. I knew that when I first ordered it. Um, and then, uh, going to Rome, which I've not done, but I'm pretty sure it spawned from this movie. So, it's ingrained in me at this point, guys. It's it's probably not ever going to go away. Um, I, I'm just telling you, you're not going to be able to get into the Vatican City postal delivery service area. <laughs> I'm sure and their security isn't like very strong. They showed, so. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm being sarcastic. Because uh, <laughs> oh. in the movie, it's ridiculous. He's in a box that's not even sealed. <laughs> Oh man! So you're saying this first? Okay, so uh, I guess I was going in with my my opinion tainted because you know the reputation of Hudson Hawk already precedes uh, it, it precedes itself. Um, but uh, they're cat burglars, right? Yes, and very loud cat burglars. Yes, and nothing about what they do looks like what I have always thought of as cat burglars, but. And they are, are, are well known, and I understand because that was the other problem with this. He's just gotten out of jail, and yes, he was set up, and that's how he got caught. However, how how do you build up this level of infamy and be so sloppy? <laughs> because I mean, and the, when the other part I'm referring to is they they take those. Uh, I think those are not quarter inch, half inch, half inch video tape decks, and don't really even pay attention to the footage that they're using. We're talking about in the first heist when they uh, re yeah, in the, the first heist where they're where they're yeah, and I mean, come on, what, what was that one? Uh, the bigger security guards that they scare, yeah, and the chair chair breaks. Notice this? Yeah, well, the plans, I mean, the plan came together fairly quick, um, it seemed to me, because he's forced to do it. As as probably the scripted, but... Um, yep. It, right away, I mean, right from the get-go, and the first time around, I don't know that I, my suspension of disbelief took off the way it did that second time. I'm like, really? So that right away didn't get me i'm like cat burglar cat burglar 
Well, see, and that's mm. an important detail too. With me, I went in as a nine-year-old. My suspension of disbelief right. was huge. Um, I didn't know anything about cat burglars. That's probably this movie probably introduced me to the idea of it outside of maybe Catwoman from Batman. You know, um, and we're talking '66 Batman, not not even comics. Bat, you know, Catwoman. <laughs> we're talking Earth. Yeah, but she Kid. didn't. She didn't go around meowing. Well, yeah, she did. Actually. Yeah, yeah, she totally um, did. Um, oh, uh, so you know, I I definitely have nostalgia as a factor and again i'm watching this going man this is ridiculous but i still find things funny um i like when uh frank stallone and his brother the the mario and caesar anthony um are they have uh, yes they have uh hudson in the um ambulance and Mm. he gets kicked out and then there's the um you know the whole the woman's like are you gonna die and he has to throw the toll and he somehow gets exact change and it's funny and then uh their ambulance blows up and you hear mario caesar you okay love that i love that line mm. it still cracks uh, of me all, up of the whole bit of that scene my i would say i i i don't know that i laughed out loud there was a part a little bit later that i actually did get a la- one laugh uh in the whole thing it, it is when he Take the six the syringes. Yeah. To the face. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Oh, see, you know, we're losing Corey. Ugh, sorry. Two, it wasn't even a two-hour movie. It's been a long yeah. week, guys. It was a long movie. Um, <laughs> but did you know my other thing is, and this was perfect for uh, things that should not be. This is a Babylon thing. When he threw the change in, did you see the the response of the, the toll? It said, didn't it say exact change or something? No. The arm raised and it stayed on red. Ah, I didn't oh. notice it. So, and uh, why I picked on that detail, I was looking for everything. I was looking for any excuse to tear this thing apart. <laughs> I believe us. it. You went in with an agenda. Um, I, I did. I, I thought a... you had seen this before, Mike, as much as you rip on it. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize. No, I have never seen it. There was a reason for that. And okay. it's like it's like in college when they assign the text, you're like, oh, you got to read this. You're being forced to do it as opposed to reading, for, you know, for fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and there were a couple of fun moments, I will say. I, it, I did not get me right away. I felt like there was a lot going on with the plot. Oh, the plot's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like trying to keep up with what's going on and who's actually on whose side and Blah, 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 blah. Annie McDowell's character. I mean, everybody in this movie is oh, ridiculous. But that she is like a Catholic. She's a nun. She's like a but nun she's like agent. Sitting on. Yeah. But she's like, you know, they're getting a little frisky. And that's before we find out that she's a nun. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I thought that Darwin and Minerva were super weirdies um, when they're, they fo- first go into both. They're going into that auction. I thought they were siblings at first. That's what. Yeah. Until yeah. they did that creepy kiss where they like tongue Ooh. in the air. The tongue. And then the pictures. Oh, the pictures later. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, Bunny, oh. Ball Ball, um, the dog. Oh, Lord. Oh, the dog. Uh, I can't. Even how he kills the, the dog at the, the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That dog deserved it. He did. And it went much too quickly. The other part. Because you're talking about the first heist and where it got you on. It was curious because I felt like they were piggybacking off of the, the Princess Bride. They had the whole book opening and the, 
and mm. the ending because at the beginning the big first view I, I didn't catch the beginning part the, the book ends at the beginning and end with the opening of the book and the closing of the book and, and narration like, too right? even yeah and that i'm thinking that doesn't fit with the rest of the zaniness i guess it or, heightens it allows for the heightened world though like it's it's more of a fairy tale than it is supposed to be our reality um I could. It's yeah, it's could reaching. That. It, that could be like a studio note. Like it doesn't make sense. Let's put it in a fairy tale, and they just throw the narration on the beginning and end of it. This this didn't test well with test audiences. We gotta we gotta add something to explain it. Well, because it, it never it never comes back to that. In fact, uh, I've seen this movie dozens of times and almost forgot all about the framing device of it being like a story. Well, I mean, it ends. It begins it and ends it. It does, and it's probably a testament to the amount of cocaine that the entire production went probably. through as, as they went through it. Yeah, that's probably why you think they're happy. <laughs> that might be. I have been known to confuse drug use with just happy behavior. So. Oh, no. oh, drugs are bad. Uh, well, see, I've never used drugs, and so the times I was around it, I was unaware of the fact that the people were on drugs. And I mistook their their hyperness for you know general positivity. Um, they had lots of energy. They had a couple of joke colas. You make the joke. <laughs> Literally, my thought. <laughs> like I didn't understand. I didn't understand why my roommates were cleaning my my apartment at three a.m. I just thought they were. But really at least clean. your apartment was clean. They're so helpful at two in the morning. Yep. That yeah. honest to God, I wish I wasn't that naive, but I totally was. So. <laughs> It's not impossible wow. that that's what I'm misinterpreting um, for Hudson Hawk. But, okay, so the whole Da Vinci premise is, is I, one, it's interesting to me because I do like Da Vinci. Um, everybody knows of, like, I think the inventions that they show in the movie, with the exception of the horse, I wasn't familiar with the horse, but everything else mm. I've seen in other, you know, other representations. Even the Mona Lisa joke where he goes to start painting her smile and she smiles and her smile's hideous and he's just left her <laughs> it blank like i think that's a funny little joke um and it's it doesn't linger on da vinci too long but i think it's a it's a interesting enough type of scene um and then that is the premise so the the premise of the film is that da vinci way back when invented a way to turn iron into gold um and hid his invention because he knew it would screw up everything uh being able to invent gold would be bad um, alchemy in essence and so that's the Mayflower's agenda is to get these pieces that they can recreate his machine and screw up the world economy and thus take over everything um, and they're evil villains with the sake of like they're aware they're self aware that they are super villains and I find that amusing honestly I think the Mayflowers in this movie are 10 times better than Lex Luthor in Batman vs Superman though because That's a tough competition. At least they know that they're ridiculous. Where he thinks he's great, and I, the, I like, I think Sandra Bernhard, who is playing herself, but she is a big, over the top type of actress, anyways. And Richard Grant is going way big. Like when he shouts "world domination," he's going for it, in my opinion. Like it's there, and <laughs> um, I think it's again silly, but it feels. Like they're trying to be, where Lex Luthor comes off as silly, and I think he's trying to be serious and dramatic. Hmm. Wow! I, mean, I got silence from that. <laughs> I've never seen that other movie. I've not seen that. It's Batman okay. Versus you, you don't need to. Okay. It's it's not not so good. 
well, he he was over the top in a whole different way. He was. And he played Lex Luthor completely against any sort of Lex Lutherness that there's ever been that was yes. not Lex Luthor. It was it was one of the Mayflower characters yep. just taken down a notch. Now, Zack Snyder must have watched this <laughs> as well. You know, okay. As a comparison, because I think zany and violent can work. And a perfect example would be the Kingsman. Yes. Because I got into it. And the and we I think we could all agree it's really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it's worked. And I mean, come on. Seeing a person getting bladed from top to bottom. Yeah. Is not something you see and it is horrifying. However, it worked in the way they did it. It, I didn't get that in this. Um, I wonder how much influence this might have because Alfred ends up uh, the his ultimate fate, his death, is very much like uh, Count Dooku's. I wonder if people are like, "Ooh, this was in Hudson Hawk. We're gonna pilfer it." Nobody will know. <laughs> That's you know not inaccurate. Like it is definitely if you're gonna steal from a movie. Stealing from one that most people haven't seen is a good call. Like, <laughs> um, okay, Mike, you said you laughed out loud at one at one point. Was it the needles to the face, or was there something else? I did not laugh out loud at the needles. I kind of chuckled at it because it was silly, and I'm like, ouch. The all right. So the premise, and you had mentioned this before, where they're naming themselves after characters: oh. Butterfinger, Kit Kat, Almond Joy, Almond Joy. That line, she's like, oh, when we were naming – did they name themselves after STDs? Yeah, yeah. Yes! And she was chlamydia. that line got yeah. – <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a real bad line right there. That's, that stuck with me. I'm like, yeah, that would stink <laughs> to have that code name. <laughs> Why would you even and, – and you had brought up Coburn. I thought – I don't know that he had fun. Yeah. But he was – Coburn was being Coburn. Okay. Uh, he uh, – he was definitely kind of himself. And was he the one that was in like Flint? Because we had that conversation. I wonder if he entered the production one because in like Flint was kind of a silly take on the James Bond series. Oh, okay. The, the pre Austin Powers, Austin Powers, but in the sixties and actual seventies. Um, but I, to be honest, I haven't seen it. So I, I can't remember if uh, I could tell you right now, if I dig it up. I want to say it was Coburn, and I wonder if that's a way they said, hey, remember when you did this, and it would be very similar? They got him. Um, but, I mean, th- he he brought an air of legitimacy yeah. to the pro- production, I would say. Even I like when he first meets him, and uh, Bruce Willis doesn't recognize him, and he's like, I was bald and had a beard, and he has like this, he's like a completely different description yeah, than who he is. Yeah, and had a different nose. <laughs> and, yeah, that was, him, that was him in, like, Flint, uh, 1967. Oh, man. Um, and I think it was R. Man Flint. I forget what year uh, looks that one up. So it's possible. I mean, and and he still looked pretty young in this one. It was eighty five, right? No, ninety one. Ninety one. Ninety one. My my mistake. So he still, you know, I'm like, oh, it's James Coburn. I didn't realize. Uh, and actually, I, I had a whole section here of my familiar faces. Um, uh, Don Harvey. Do y'all remember? Who, uh, the guy that played, um, what was his name? With the glasses. I forgot his code name. Snickers? Yeah, yep. 
Did you guys play some before? No. I still oh, don't. really? I still haven't played. He stuck out. He stuck out like a sore thumb because um, I remember him from Die Hard, too. Oh. So Bruce must have really liked working with him. He brought him along for this ride. And I, I for sure was convinced that Butterfinger was the same guy that played the big dude in uh, the, the real spacey one with the hair. Oh, I know which one in, you're talking about. In, in The Fifth Element. And I was really oh. disappointed because that wasn't him. Because I'm like, ooh, that's got to be. I mean, the build and the look. Because that guy, oh. And talk about trope on trope on trope on trope. Oh, yeah, he is a walking trope. <laughs> um, you know, here, read your book. Should I? The line, I can't even repeat it because in this day and age, it's like they couldn't even write that. Should I go in and blank them? Yeah, I and couldn't. I'm I actually like, didn't uh, remember uh, that line. That shocked me so much that that was in the movie. Twice, twice this... it got me. And I was like, whoa. Um, and, but like, uh, when they're having, when he's having dinner with Andy McDowell's character, I love even how stupid it, I like the zany transitions, because when they, when he robs the horse, he jumps off the building, and he looks like he's gonna land in the awning, and then he ends up in the chair, right? We don't see how he manages to survive. It's a, it's a innovative type of film transition that doesn't really belong in this movie, but it shows up, and then you have that same thing again, where He's escaping from stealing the book from the Vatican, and he jumps off of the bus and lands in the seat at the table where Andy McDowell is waiting for him for dinner. It's absolutely ridiculous, but that's where I think, it, it, one, it's a clearly a heightened world, and two, it's cartoony. It feels like a cartoon. Um, both of those instances, even the butler with the freaking blades that come out of his arms, yeah. um, feels like a Mortal Kombat character. He's like Baraka over here. Baraka, uh, Baraka or what's his name from Hellboy? Um, I don't know the name. Sorry, the assassin. Yeah, I don't remember the assassin's name from Hellboy, but I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. And and you know, uh, there's silly lines about the butler. You know, um, I think he was promised to cut too, and then he just shakes his hand. And, uh, you know, uh, all of those things are, again, as a kid, I found all of those little one-liners super funny, and it's it, it almost feels like a parody of '80s action because of the one-liners, because they're mocking how many of the '80s movies feature one-liners that are supposed to be taken seriously, you know, especially Arnold and Stallone movies. Even Die Hard. I mean, Yippie Kaye is a crazy one-liner that works so well in that movie, and it probably shouldn't. Like, if that happened now, I don't think it would work. Well, but they had built up to it. They did. Because Gruber had referenced him as a cowboy, and so it fit with that. They kind of worked it in, and it was kind of subtle. This one took it and like hammered it into you and like get it do you get it? it's like that friend it's like that person that really really wants to impress you and they're like trying to they're they're oh they're they're doing everything they can i'm like dude stop trying and that's that was my comment for richard e grant and he was so over the top it's like calm down you don't have to try so hard. even the limo when he gets the facts and then puts it in the shredder <laughs> and, shred and it goes outside the car yeah, what a monster. Like, he's just like literally <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> it's like why would you even design it that way it's like what's wrong with you yeah you well, all this money and you're because he hates the world that's exactly my point it's it's all it's so dumb that i find it enjoyable i think that's the key here it's like how some people can watch rubber and find it enjoyable where i found Fair it enough, a torture activity um this movie uh, still does that for me i i i know it's bad but it's so bad it comes around and is good again to me I the other comparison because you're talking about you know the send up of, of action movies, 
I don't know that I would consider this a classic, but it is a Bruce Willis film, and I felt it worked better. And I think it's partially due, due to Shane Black having a, a role in the writing. But The Last Boy Scout. Mm. I won't say that's a classic, but there's some lines in there. And it was also Tony Scott directed. It was a flop. Yeah. Um, but there were uh, there's something between Bruce Willis and the way which Keenan Ivory. I, I think it's Keenan Ivory. I think it's Keenan Ivory that is in that one. That that worked where I like the repartee, I guess, between you know that relationship between Aiello and and and, and mm-hmm. Willis's characters. They do seem to get along, and he's right there for him. And you know, the, even when he's like, "Oh, cappuccino," and he whips out the cappuccino, that whole line, the the man knows the man. Mm-hmm. Like, See, I like he's that. Your buddy. I didn't. That, I didn't. It's like, it's your buddy. You, sh- you should know. But see, I just felt like that was something like I make. I, maybe I've, I've either patterned my life way too far after this movie or <laughs> I feel like because I, I feel like I say cheesy one liners to my friends more because of that relationship, because of they are. You are my friend. You are a person who we we know each other too well. So that I'm going to make stupid comments like that and, and weird voices, too, because he changes his voice for that, too. It's not it's not like the man knows the man knows he get he heightens his voice and it's like the man yes, knows and yes it seemed yeah and at this one I, I feel like it felt like a genuine like goofy friendship where you have this relationship with one another that and again it's been 10 years and his friend is there which is surprising anyways right like if if someone's been gone for 10 years and they actually show up the day you get out of prison and um they have the the cappuccino that you want and you know Granted, he then slams on the brakes and destroys that cappuccino. Um, There's a perfect amount of foam, but um, was. there's so there's so many little moments that I find joyous, despite the absolute like even the fact that Tony Aiello lives. Absolutely ridiculous, and then and the explanation, and I'm using quote fingers that the podcast listeners can't see, neither can you guys. Um, the explanation as to how he survived. The car accident, you know, it's, it's, it's a non-explanation. Yes, it's it's absolute ridiculous, and I I felt like it was supposed to be like the ending. Even like they're they're I mean, just like popcorn. oh why not popcorn? I mean I don't get the whole popcorn thing, but you know. Wait, when they ship him, or are we talking actual popcorn? Mm, no, something something they said something in the car in the back of the car with popcorn. Maybe that's what I meant. Shipping popcorn. I didn't. Get well, it. now they ship. Bruce Willis to Rome in a suitcase. Uh, this was the end part. No, though. yeah, but that part, like, as a kid, I never thought twice about it. And now I'm like, he would have died. Because like, <laughs> he would have swallowed so many of those popcorn, like those styrofoam popcorn things that he, he'd be dead. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever. I don't think the movie and is ever trying credits. to be serious. Um, Corey, do you have? Any, I don't think you've said anything specific that you hated or that you found some joy in. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I don't know. I, you, I haven't seen her in a lot. But Sandra, is it Bernhardt? Yeah, Bernhardt. Yeah, Bernhardt. She is a big character, like all the time. I love her. Um, she was in an episode or two of, um, like Tales from the Crypt and. Um, I liked her and I like her in the things that I've seen, but I did think she was a little over the top in this, like a little mm-hmm. too much. Um, 
I don't know. There were just so many things I found ridiculous in this film. Like uh, Bruce Willis's four earrings, his little gold hoops. Yep. yep. Very 1991. Oh, my God. He's got four gold hoops in his left ear. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't 91, and that was the cool thing. Catch on stuff when he was in the middle of a A heist. (laughs) Um, And then, hmm, I like that they tried not to hurt, um, like, they didn't want to hurt, you know, well, at least in the first um, heist, they didn't want to hurt any of the guards. Yeah, well, he didn't want to hurt anybody, it seemed like, collectively. Um, Mm -hmm. But, But why thumb cuffs? Well, that was more, I think, of a, like, he just had it with him, like, because it was, a, oh. they referenced it in the, because remember, the, the guards weren't supposed to be there. They were supposed to be distracted by the tapes, and that went wrong, and he happened to have the thumb cuffs on him. I think I could be trying to make sense of a plot that does not make sense, and that's why um, I have an explanation. What at Large all. amounts of cocaine. Yes, uh, most likely. <laughs> Um, now, Mike, Mike found at least a little bit of laughter in this. Did you ever find anything funny, Corey? That part, I had totally, I remembered that they were nicknamed after candy bars, but I forgot that she said about their, uh... Chlamydia. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that was, definitely laughed at that. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, just her delivery, too, was pretty great. Um, I'm, I'm giving you that code name if we ever have to get to <laughs> Not me. Oh. No, not you. You're Steelbook. Yes, Okay, Steelbook. great. I'll take that. Steelbook. Wait, I don't want to be Chlamydia. <laughs> Hold on, we need to talk oh, about this. Oh, too late. Too late. Hawk. Get we'll just call him Hawk. Um, no, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm really surprised at all of the actors that they got in this film um, with how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, oh, we need to talk about the song at the end. Can we please talk? Because that was just like the icing on the cake. I cannot remember the lyrics to it, but I was like, is this real? If we're going to talk about the end... I'm amazed. I'm in complete. I am Jack's sense of complete amazement <laughs> that Saruti 1881 clothing is still around because they had a prominent credit. I'm like, that's the cre- that's the first credit that I noticed as the credits start. Uh, you know, suits provided by Saruti 1881. Well, that was not a selling point for me. I don't know, but they still do make suits. I I, wow. I didn't know any of that. Um. And what, which song are you talking about, Corey, when they start um, shooting the rockets everywhere? No, it's like the song that starts playing at the end. I can't remember the lyrics, but it's about Hudson Hawk. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I don't think yeah. I noticed I catch, that. I didn't catch that. I want to say that there's some kind of lyric about getting a cappuccino. Um, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yes. Um, See, and I watch with, with the closed captions on it, so I missed that completely. But at that point, my spirit had been so beaten down. Oh, any further God. reference to Hudson Hawk? Uh, well, now probably eluded me. Of like Bruce Willis, while well, Die Hard is a classic, um, he he had done campy, like you mentioned, Moonlight. But Danny Aiello, you got to remember too. In 1989, he plays a core antagonist in Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. In a, mm-hmm, a fairly mm-hmm. dramatic, yet there's some comedic mm-hmm. type moments in the movie. But and then in '94, he is the uh, point man, I guess, for Leon in The Professional. Um, he yes, Leon comes to absolutely. him, yeah. Um, and so you have those two, you know, crazy serious performances, 
and I'm sure he's got more. Those are just the two that I think I've kind of bookended around this movie. Yet this was my first encounter with that actor. So imagine like last year when I watched <laughs> Do the Right Thing for the first time, I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's the guy hey, from Hudson Hawk. So <laughs> like, Where's the cappuccinos? He's not bringing. He doesn't have Bruce Willis. What's wrong with this movie? And. You know, so um, it is interesting that, like you said, that he, they were able to get the people they got in this movie because there is some legitimate actors in this. And while I, I consider Bruce Willis a legitimate actor, especially um, in the the late 90s, he's done a lot of – I mean, let's not forget, he also did Armageddon, which is a crap movie, <sighs> if you can ever say a crap movie. And that was before he – That is. But then you have, like, I love Unbreakable, I, and I love The Sixth Sense, both of those M. Night Shyamalan oh. films. Yeah, but well, we're we're forgetting Twelve Monkeys. Twelve Monkeys is amazing. Um, yes, Ooh, I have we're been... forgetting. Uh, there was another one oh. that just went in and out of my mind. I don't want to say forgetting because I haven't even started. Because I am I up until um, I read Kevin Smith's autobiography, I was a huge Bruce Willis fan. And when I I had to read that Bruce Willis was kind of an a hole, it, it did it did kill uh, my fandom a bit. Um, I'm hoping that he's starting to make a comeback. Um, I don't know if that's the case, but um, he's done a lot of bad movies over the last 10 years. Uh, we can't forget Sin City, though. Um, oh, that was good. Yeah. And Looper. Uh, then you get Moonrise Kingdom, which yes. I'm not a huge fan of, but I still appreciate. It's okay. Um, I liked it. And then you have The Crap with Red. Um, I actually like Surrogates. I didn't love Surrogates. I didn't mind Red. I, I didn't mind Red, but I found it kind of dry. Um and but see, uh, for me, that one is one that's silly action and some crazy death scenes. Yes, that worked for me. Um, did, did I say Looper? I I definitely thought it. I don't know if I said Looper, it. Looper, yeah, you okay. said Looper. Um, I I enjoy Live Free or Die Hard because I'm a Justin Long fan. So while it's there's some crazy crap that happens in that movie, including a car being shot into a helicopter, um, I like Justin Long's humor, so I couldn't get past it. Um, I haven't seen Alpha Dogs. I didn't know he was in Alpha Dog. Um. I haven't seen Lucky Number Eleven, and I hear that's good. Um, I love Over the Hedge, by the way, and I always forget Bruce Willis is the yeah. raccoon in that. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, I like the whole nine yards. I didn't like the whole ten yards, but I like the whole nine yards a whole lot. Um, mainly because of Matthew Perry, though. Um, we get then we're getting into some of the you know he, even throughout this time he was on Friends for a few episodes, which was really funny. Yeah. Um, when he was on that, and then uh, Armageddon, I couldn't stand. I didn't. Oh, I, Fifth Element, super campy action movie, right? Yeah, but oh, yeah. very enjoyable. Um, I I love the Fifth Element. Um, in fact, I have a student whose first name is Corbin, and I have a student whose first name is Dallas. Stat them next to each other so I could say the name <laughs> together. True story. Awesome. Um, do you got a student that's blue that's hiding stones in her belly? No, that not to my knowledge, at least. Um, okay. And yes, but you could have blue students. I could. It's definitely possible. Okay. Oh, and okay. we mentioned all these Bruce Willis movies, and none of us said Pulp Fiction. What the heck? There, oh, there we go. That was <laughs> the other fired. one I was missing. That was the other one, and I literally watched the TV edit of it this morning. Ah. Well, Jesus. Um. So, I I know this movie is not great. I still find joy in it, and I am glad that I at least have made someone else watch it, even if you didn't like it. So what we do now, Mike, is we give it the uh, the Burke Reviews ratings. Um, I'm still going to go with uh, – I think it's a decent watch, so I'm going with that. 
Um, are you guys avoid like the plague, or are you not a total waste of time? I don't know that I would say avoid like the plague. Seeing as I've seen it twice now, everyone else needs to at least <laughs> feel my pain. And th- there's another nod I forgot to, to mention that I think the other guys made to it. That heist part when they jump mm-hmm. and safely land on the awning. Oh, yeah. That totally reminds me of The Rock and, and Samuel L. And, and the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it, it's difficult to, as much as I would say, avoid like the plague, because that would be, I would have to go to the, the not a total waste of time. I did have the one laugh. You get to see Sandra Bernard. I felt so badly for Andy McDowell. I mean, to make her <laughs> dolphin noises. Oh, my God. That's so uh, funny. Though. I forgot uh, about is, that. Is just so, <laughs> no. so cruel. And, and, and you know what's amazing? The other part. So I'm going to go not a total waste of time. The sheer amount of work that all those, pretty much all of them, except for Sandra Bernard and Alfred, and the twins. But even the twins have gotten a ton of work post Hudson Hawk. So that is... It something. wasn't a career killer. It wasn't. Word. Except for, no one except, it. Except for Sandra Bernard. Um, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I guess I would lean more toward not, not a total waste of time. Corey? Because... Oh, oh sorry. I didn't know you were still explaining. My bad. <laughs> okay, now I guess... Uh, Corey... Okay, I'm going with not a total waste of time too. Hey, all right. Not avoid like I didn't hate it. I told you at the beginning. I told you at the beginning. I know, but it sounded it like it was very mad. That's true. You did say that. Um, but before you got, we, before we actually started talking about it, you made a comment of like better than Hudson Hawk or something like that. Um, no, I said it was worse than Hudson Hawk. Got it. But it had a higher, yeah. So, um. I, I'm going with Decent Watch because I still find joy in it. I definitely can understand everyone else's opinions. Because, um, again, I definitely think if I saw this for the first time, like you guys just did, I would probably be in the same place. If not worse, I might be harder on it if I didn't have um, fond memories of being a kid. And definitely watching it, like I used to watch Looney Tunes, you know? That's how it feels to me. It's a zany, over-the-top, silly movie that just makes me giggle. Um and I don't use that phrase lightly. Uh, there's few things that I've ever said make me giggle. And this movie makes me giggle. So um, we will be back next week. Uh, Mike probably won't. But we'll be uh, doing the top five movie this week. Um, and uh, I don't know what we're watching yet because we had a different movie on the list. And it's no longer in one of the streaming services that Corey and I are using. So, um, Corey, I hope you pick something because otherwise I don't know what we're watching <laughs> I that's a great I do have a list I do have a list I'm trying to find it okay I am going with I'm gonna go with coffee and cigarettes oh boom Jim Jarmusch um yes I want to see more of his work me too and I'm so glad you picked this um because I've been wanting to watch this and uh have not he also has a Johnny Depp movie that I really want to watch um where he's like a cowboy I think dead man yes that's it oh um and it's been black and white um just so everybody knows Coffee and Cigarettes is uh, streaming on Tribeca Shortlist. And that is a very affordable streaming service. I think it is as cheap as $5 a month. Um, And you can do a seven-day free trial, so you can just try it and watch this movie. Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts on Coffee and Cigarettes, directed by Jim Jarmusch. 
um, or Jarmish. I've heard it pronounced both. Ah, Bill Murray's in this too. I'm so in. Tom Watts. Tom Waits, excuse me. I screwed that up. My bad. The Riz is in this. I am so in. Uh, wait, this might be the wrong one because there's is, what there's multiple versions of coffee and cigarettes, right? I don't know about that. I only knew about this one. Okay, I thought he had. I thought this was a ongoing thing he did. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a different title. Oh, uh, this is a series of vignettes. Okay. Um, this is the one that I saw on Tribeca. The cover is the same. Got it. Um, I am I am super excited to watch this. So I'm really glad you picked this one. Um, I've seen Broken Flowers Jack and White. um Meg White. Nice. I've seen Broken Flowers and uh, his most recent film, Patterson, that stars um, Adam Driver, which I cannot recommend Patterson enough for people who like a quiet, simple narrative. It is a very, very simple story. Nothing really big happens, but it's just it's such a cool movie. I really, really got into it. And I thought Adam Driver was excellent. Um, but we're going to be watching for movie club next week. Coffee and cigarettes. We are utilizing Tribeca shortlist. You can watch that in a multitude of ways. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week. If you do watch the movie and you want to reach out to us, you can email us contact at burkreviews.com. That's contact at burkreviews.com. You can read all of my reviews and anyone else's reviews on burkreviews.com. Uh, we are going to be recording a new episode of Top 5 Movies this Sunday, so you can check that out next week. Our last week's episode was Top 5 um, Casting Choices. Casting Choices. Where we looked at um, roles that we thought were perfectly cast. And Corey, now that we have you on this podcast, I do have to give you some crap. Your number oh, one, wow. your number one <laughs> yeah. was a real life person. <laughs> that, I, the what, character. What? I was so sick that day. You picked Steve Jobs, Michael Fassbender so, as Steve Jobs. Well, what does that matter? Because it, it's perfect casting of a real life person. <laughs> Well, I thought, I thought that Michael Fassbender did a great job. But by comparison, he's awful casting. He does a great job. What, because he doesn't look like him? He looks because nothing I, like him. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. My, my I just, number one and I want to say Perkins as Norman Bates. I saw your list, and I was actually going to put Oprah Winfrey from The Color Purple on oh. my list also. And then See, I just that would have been a good number somewhere. One. Because she was so great in that movie. But that movie is hard well. to watch. But my mother loved it, so we saw it a lot. Like, some of the subject matter in that movie. Hyper. Jesus. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that. Because he picked Whoopi Goldberg, actually, from Color Purple. Copious amounts of cat cocaine. Um, I think she got into the catnip. She's acting hyper. But, told um, you. Told you. Um, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter. Um, I'm at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey Arsar, two R's on the end. Mike? I feel like changing my handle to at hates Hudson Hawk because <laughs> of the alliteration. It but it's a good alliteration. Triple H, man. We'll call you Triple H. Um, <laughs> there we go. That's oh, your, new, that's your new name. New World Order. Um, oh, no. But, yes, I... Uh, I'm sorry that I made you guys do that. However, I do want to push <laughs> in a few months, well, in like six months or whatever... We'll be doing the summer movie draft number two. I'm winning next time. I hope you guys put a little more effort into your picks because I put a lot of effort into my... Well, it wasn't even that. I have no... I had never played anything like that before. Well, now you know. So hopefully you guys will come swinging because you want revenge um, for me picking Hudson Hawk. Make everyone watch Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that one. I know. I love that that movie. I'll Um, let y'all watch Ishtar. Oh, no. 
I'm picking uh, um, what's the, what's the uh, Sean Connery movie where he wears the red underwear? Um, Zardoz. Zardon. That's that's Zardos. That's that's Zardos. it. That'll be my pick for next. No, I have no idea Good yet. But Lord. um, yeah, that's I'm... a whole different level of pain right there. But uh, thank you guys for indulging my uh, one the games from the summer and also watching Hudson Hawk without too much protest. Um, thank you for. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back um, next week with uh, coffee and cigarettes. Bye. Bye. Peace, everybody. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>